0: Hello, gentlemen. Welcome to the first day of Thatches Thatch Can-Style Wrestling. There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours, squirrel nut. What does WrestleMania mean to Brock Lesnar? It's a day that I get to show up, kick somebody's ass, and get paid to do so. out loud, we can't use a thing with you swearing like that. I don't give a damn. I came up here for a purpose, to prove some son of a and thing, and I'll tell you what I came to prove, that Lawler didn't have the guts. I'm back. And I'm back for you. I'm not gonna lie, I'm back. Me too! Hey there, folks. Welcome to We Don't Know Wrestling. I'm your host, Sam DiMaggio, and this week's episode is brought to you by 1911's Strawberry Hard Cider. Let's get into it. So, first up is some housekeeping. So, I have taken off the past couple of weeks to deal with some Life stuff, nothing major there. Just had some work trips that took me out for a week, which set up uh, the week before and the week after as a little rough to get things going. Um Probably gonna be taking YouTube off for a little bit until I can get our schedule, my schedule down a little bit more. Uh, but that will probably be coming back uh, next week would be my goal, if not the week after. Uh, maybe some changes coming in that regard, trying to get it to feel a little bit more morning radio, potentially. So there's that. I'm um, going to be getting out some more messages about desert island Comp series. If you would be interested in doing one, let me know. Uh, DMs are open. Uh, interested in kind of doing more of those. They're always some of the funnest audio I do. So would love to do a little bit more, but that's kind of the housekeeping at the moment. Um, so that's number five. That's how we're gonna start things um, with that little bit of housekeeping. Next up, number four for the top five things of this week for We Don't Know Wrestling episode 114. Uh, AEW Rochester. Something that I wasn't expecting to talk about tonight until I realized that tomorrow's June July six, uh, which is when AEW is coming to Rochester, which is about an hour hour and a half away from me. Seems a little i think it makes a little too much sense uh i went in october in the first show it was really great saw brian danielson versus nick jackson great match saw sammy guevara win the tnt championship um, don't like sammy guevara very much but it was a really cool moment it was a really good match as well and we have another t- tnt match coming up in this week's dynamite scorpio sky versus warlow again this episode is probably gonna be a little bit dated uh, but more of a saying, "Hey, next week going to be talking a little bit more about my live event experience." Um, Tim has also been at a show and he talked about his live experience in California. So uh, the network will have a lot of discussion about AEW and the live component. Uh, I had a lot of fun in October. Really looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, got floor seats, but as a short guy, always a little worried about how that'll end up being. I uh, got John Moxley versus Brody King for the AEW interim world championship. Uh, thunderstorm a real terrible name uh fun though thunder rose and tony storm versus nyla rose and marina shafir Richard kate's and little source appearance and the butcher and the blade versus keith lee and swerve strickland so maybe not the most uh top tier lineup that i would hope for but it's gonna be a lovely night in rochester for sure Uh, we'll try to get there a little bit ahead of time get some vegan eats and see how that goes for me all right we're moving on we're keeping things quick this week as uh, getting back into the swing of things keeping this maybe a, under a certain period of time we'll see how it goes uh gonna be talking about a little bit what i'm watching this week so have been watching a lot of 1983 pro wrestling as of late i've come into a bit of footage from that year so it's been fun to dig into that a bit, uh, the 80s by and large, it's sort of a a dead zone for me. I've tried to kind of go from 82 now to 83 and figure out if I can map out a little bit more of where things are changing, what's going on here. Um, my big note here is that uh, I did watch an <laughs> Andre the Giant versus Akira made match from uh, May 13th from New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's a hoop. A real hoot of the year contender, low tier, top 15 for sure. It is a hoot and holler in good time. There is a point where Andre does a shoulder tackle or shoulder bump rather, doesn't leave his feet and goes, <laughs> gives out the biggest chuckle he ever did here. It's a beautiful sight. Uh, and then Akira is Midas, there to do some fun, kind of kicky stuff, just flying a bit and look, make it look a little rough. Uh, Dig it a bunch, but. Uh, also had a Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood versus the Briscoe brothers from July 9th, 1983. It's a tremendously great match. Um, probably not as high up on it as some other folks, but I think it's sort of the perfect combo of the technical heels against the kind of more uh, boisterous babyfaces uh, who just oof, gorgeous, gorgeous men. Um, but the kind of the big takeaway was and this was not planned, but just happened to be the timing, was I watched the July 4th, 1983 match between the Von Erics and the Freebirds. These teams obviously have had many, many matches. And this is a two out of three falls match. It is in front of roughly 12,000 people. And... What separates this match from some of the other ones I watched, I've watched a lot of WCCW uh, as of late, just because there's a lot of WCCW in the footage I'm watching. But this crowd, from beginning to end, is absolutely screaming. They are just losing it for everything. They are mad at the heels. They are in love with the Von Ericks, as you would expect. It is the match... That sort of you point to when people talk about, hey, Von Eriks, there's nothing like them in Texas. There has never been anything like them. There never will be anything like them in professional wrestling with them in Texas. It's like that situation where they say that Japanese wrestling fans are extra respective, um, have a lot of respect for the professional wrestling, are often silent because they're just uh, soaking it all in a item, a piece of information that I think is hogwash for the most part they absolutely can get are excited for great professional wrestling good professional wrestling just as much as kind of the american crowds were and are but that match july 4th independence day match is it's hard to describe it is a crowd that's fully invested in what's about being put in front of them from beginning to end it is a pleasure and wrestling is good. It's great. So they they hold up their end of the bargain. They didn't really probably have to do much to keep them there, but they did everything in their power to make that show more than worth their money. So it was awesome. And those are between that and the Steamboat Youngblood versus Brusca Brothers match. i having a lot of good wrestling for me. My diet this week. I'm probably going to get back into some 2022 wrestling again. But those matches, like, they, they don't make me want to leave the, the 80s anytime soon. As put together these GWE lists. Um, having a lot of fun going through this stuff. So, there you go. July 4th, farce of a holiday for what's supposed to be Independence Day. But as far as just being also a good day to watch professional wrestling, have barbecue with your friends, yeah, like, there's ain't nothing wrong with that. I take Juneteenth. To have like an actual celebration or an actual remembrance. And then let's take July 4th um, just to be about grilling with with your pals. Um, Honestly, if you do it twice in one month, that ain't so bad either. Um, So, moving on. Uh, Like I said, this is going to be kind of a quicker episode. But Tweet of the Week this week is kind of going to be a little bit of an odd one. Because it's not really a singular tweet. It's more of a tweet format that really... All lot of joy to me, and that was the one like equals one favorite professional wrestling match gimmick, We post that image, people like it, and whatnot, you give them a favorite match in a, in a thread, and what makes it the tweet of the week this week, that format is just everyone digging into the kind of backlog, the, everyone going through the annals of history there, of professional wrestling, of their of their history with professional wrestling. Like I know I was tweeting out a lot of 2010s wrestlings because that's, that's my kind of sweet spot of stuff that I've really loved and kind of historical look back. Uh, Cause I can be like, okay, yeah, I watched this five years ago and it's delightful. And then you have people just tweeting out WCW, IWA, Mid-South um, random Japanese indies from the 90s. It, is, it was a pleasure to see people really kind of basking, in it. And it wasn't just great matches because it wasn't one like it was one best match in professional wrestling history. It was a favorite. So it could be kind of anything. And we don't do that as much as I would hope. And there isn't kind of those prompts as much as there were maybe on forums back in the day or whatnot to kind of say, hey, yeah, Let's talk about these zany matches or these specific moments that brought us joy and really appreciate professional wrestling in a little bit of a different way. There are so many things in professional wrestling to appreciate and give a spotlight. And I'm not talking just like comedy, but I'm talking that it feels like when I say that, like, oh, let's, they're funny, but it's not just that. Uh, I I tweeted out a Nick Gage versus Joe Gacy Brawl from a, I think... Not a music concert, but a music festival um, where Nick Gage and Joe Gacy fall into the porta potty section. And it's just like that's just uniquely pro wrestling experience to have this live performance that can go anywhere in this little patch of grass here at this festival. And professional wrestling doesn't have to be this in this little box. And I was thinking about this this week, Millie, because I watched Mad God an incredible horror movie that's on shutter right now, but it's what that movie sort of did with the form and their craft and that it was unlike anything I've ever seen. And I sometimes think, Oh, wrestling doesn't have that potential to give me that sort of unexpectedness. But then I saw all these matches come through and I'm like, it might not be mad God, but it's, it's something it's different. It's unique. it brings, it brings joy. There are wrestling from all over the globe from decades and decades back. There's just things to appreciate between the best matches to matches that just do a unique spin on something that you enjoy, whether it's a, st- a stylistic change, uh, a gimmick match that really takes things to a, a different stratosphere of, of fun. Um, there's just so much to like, uh, in professional wrestling doesn't have to be tied to the prototypical best match and sometimes when we watch 2022 wrestling i feel like i just get in the habit of like oh yeah is it, is it good is it great like those seems to be the bars there and then what level of great is it so that i, I just loved everyone sharing those matches because then it gave me some stuff to watch uh, on youtube and a lot of people tweeting out youtube links versus matches that just like hey i'm fan of this one So that was really appreciative. So to be able to actually dig into that, feels like we've gone away from just exploring YouTube because of all the takedowns, which is so frustrating. That used to be my favorite thing the random YouTube search, just like, hey, um, Atlantis versus blank, leave it, leave it, let it go, see what happens. I mean, met with all these matches, Diamond Dallas Page versus blank, whatever. And you could just kind of go through these random matchups from these wrestlers that have kind of help you get a picture of who they were. And we, we missed that now. Like there's so much wrestling that's kind of put behind closed doors. and I, I think it's for the best that we have something like the I- IWTV where they have things in the best quality possible and you're less worried about that disappearing and you don't have to have hard drive space as well. So that's, great but there is something lost um and obviously to the late great Jamal Hepburn um what he did to show Japanese professional wrestling and give us kind of that source and outlet and to be able to have easy access to that professional wrestling and easily share it and discuss it no walls um, just the the latest website you had to hope was safe, because Daily Motion was cracking down. We lost it a little bit, and I would love us to find ways to share that wrestling that we're watching again, and to highlight these things, and to have maybe more of a conversation. I don't know. Don't know if it'll happen. We'll see. But that's what that kind of one like one favorite wrestling master sort of brought on in me. I I got nothing else. Uh, I just really enjoyed it. It was really, really nice. All right, number one, IWTV announced through AC Mackinac territories that IWTV would have independent wrestling tag team champions in the future. I don't know when. Only that was put in the press release as far as I can gather. And talking about it in our Slack chat, it is being met with maybe not the most positive of things in the sense that there seems to be only one team that feels right there is one team that's traveled the country the world that feels like they could really hold up the title of being the IWTV tag champions and it not feeling forced and I absolutely think there's something to that of course I'm talking about the two-time independent wrestling tag team of the year Vance is forever Dominic Greeny, and Kevin Koo. And even then, that's a team that's done more singles work as of late. So you could be making the argument that uh, it's tough to put the titles on them as well. And that kind of led me to go, okay, so what are the tag teams out there? Are there any tag teams that could actually be making that national schedule and be a valuable component to any of the other promotions out there? Are there any teams in Beyond Wrestling that could come down and make an impact in action wrestling or West Coast Pro? And the answer I kind of came up with was, I don't know, probably not. Uh, I know there's waves and curls in Beyond Wrestling, Wrestling Open, and that felt like probably the next most likely based on their schedule, but they're not particularly good. (laughs) And I think that's kind of the, the vibe I got from all the pro the beyond wrestling wrestling opening folks uh, as far as tag teams go is that none of them are particularly good. They might be passable. They might be fine. They could be fun. They could put on a good show. Someone that I wouldn't mind to see if they were kind of in the middle of a show I was at. But I don't know if I love them as a top tier act put, trying to put on great matches. I don't think that's who that team is. I don't know if that's what Miracle Generation is. I've never seen Bang Bros, who are from the Midwest of August Matthews and Davey Bang. I hear a lot, a lot might be strong, but I hear some stuff about them, that they are good, but I haven't seen enough to say, hey, that's their potential main event act. And I guess that's what the, the standard I would hold the tag titles to. When we saw the, powerbomb.tv and early phases of the IWTV championship they really had a certain caliber of wrestling they put it on wrestler they put it on AC max the champion now and that's I think a step below of folks it's Ben he's a great talker but he's not a particularly ambitious professional wrestler you talk people into the building I think that's a valuable skill but you would hope to see it more on a more established classical wrestler I would say and I don't know if that's the way they're going to go with IWTV tactiles, but I don't think there's really that that alternate route. There isn't that person that like can overcome maybe deficiencies in the in-ring department. They're like, OK, but they do everything else so well. They jump off the screen. They really can bring energy to the live crowd in their region. I mean, maybe that's ways of curls, but like I don't think they have the promo ability to kind of work outside of the professional wrestling context. Uh, but then looking at West Coast Pro specifically and stuff they're doing, because that seems like okay, like that's top two, top three, biggest, most uh, buzzworthy indies on IWTV. That makes sense. They have West Coast Wrecking Crew. Again, they're wrestling in New Japan Strong, so it's kind of like, oh, can you can you call that independent wrestling? I think so. I do think so. Uh, but they also, again, are not really touring a whole bunch, but they are some, there are two folks that if you put them on a Black Label Pro, a Action Beyond, what have you, I think they could really show out and really make an impression. And they show up on the show, they're going to look like big deals. So, like, that's someone I could see. Like, yeah, that, they strap them up, that's fine. There's also the conglomerate out there, AlphaZo, Midas Creed, D-Rogue, combination of two of those folks. They're probably not at that level to be a championship-caliber team. Any combination of those two. They'd be fun. I'd like to see them maybe challenge, but probably not. Then 4-4-OH, Ohio, the Ricky Shane Page, Stable. Um, Atticus Cougar there, there. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. Uh, faith in nothing probably isn't the move. Yeah. Reno scum over in the West coast. Again, Ab Thornstone and Luster, the legend been around a long time. So maybe something there, another team that's been kind of a staple of the West coast for uh, some years in the mid aughts, uh, PP Ray of uh, Peter Avalon and Ray Rosas. Uh, I, they're probably not coming, uh, on a touring schedule, but Jollyville Fuckets would be a, a great time that I could accept. Um, but that's the thing about the AIW teams that, they get treated kind of like main event ass in that promotion, but I would be hard pressed to me call them in for a beyond shot or something. And for it to make sense, because I saw some of these teams work the IWTV super show might be a generous term, um, but the collaborative show and they were not particularly over those AIW teams. So I don't know how they would do on I mean, may a, maybe a different scale uh, between them. Philly Mar- Marino experience, rip city shooters. Then I kind of think, okay, Bear Country are they an indie wrestling tag team? Because if they are, they like should be the ones. Like I really do think between them and Violence Forever, either one would be a slam dunk kind of first pick. And it's hard; it it makes you curious if they'll go Forever just because it's absolutely Garini isn't Coos to lose. Like there is no if answer, but that you might as well just put the straps on them without any tournament or whatnot. Don't make any if ands, or buts about them. They are the team. So everyone's going to be looking. to If the phrase is you got to beat the man to be the man, like they're the folks to beat. So regardless of anyone's path, like if they're not beating like, finances forever, they might as well not call themselves the tag champs. They won't have any kind of credibility. Uh, the last team on the list is someone that's had a shot in Evolve. So a little bit of a bigger area, and that's the skull of Adrian Alanis and Lamb Gray. They are um, they're great. They could absolutely without a doubt wrestle their way into being enjoyed and appreciated any indie on IWTV. I fully believe that. You could throw that on to Deathmatch down under and they would come away looking like a million bucks. So if they were gonna go maybe outside the box, a younger team, like that's the team to me. Anyone else would be wrong. Like it wave and curls, like they're not as good as the skulk in any sense of the they don't outside of the professional wrestling match, the skulk can generally get that heat. Really get people worked up. I don't think a wave and curls can generally get people riled up and excited in a positive sense when not doing the professional wrestling. And when they do that in professional wrestling matches at the detriment of the quality of professional wrestling contest it doesn't happen when the Skulk they just put on good professional wrestling contests, sometimes great ones. So if you're not going to go with the two teams, that I view as kind of standouts. I think the Skulk should probably be next up in line. Then if not them uh, wrestling uh, the West coast wrecking crew, but who knows? I don't know what they're going to do for formatting. I'd be excited to see if it was a tournament of some sort, this is really going to be an interesting move. I am curious what uh, this is unrelated, but like King of Indies looks like because I want that. Well, I want to see what like a more of a wide scale format IWTV could look like because PWR, who is doing part of King of Indies, is not on IWTV, so maybe it's not even on the on the show uh, on the service. But kind of see a more wide scale reaching independent wrestling tournament since the. Uh, original IWTV powerbomb.tv tournament took place in around Scran. I forget what it's called, but around Scran. So it was definitely a a different time and a different situation and a different landscape in fresh wrestling. But that's it. That's this week's We Don't Know Wrestling. We know Wrestling 114. Um if you liked the episode, go leave an, a review on iTunes Go listen to QNTR on the network. Him and just did an episode with Joseph Montecilio um, from YouTube fame who just had a big boost to his Claudio Castanelli versus Eddie Kingston video. So would love to give that some listens. Keep watching. Keep- looking at the network for QNTR. We've got some other stuff that's going to be coming back in the coming months. Excited to see how that goes. Excited to be back in the saddle. So appreciate listening and I'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye.